0: Hi, everyone. It's Radio Trivia Time. It's uh, episode 152, if I got my count right. And uh, this time I got Neil Ronaghan, or Feudalist Lee there, as I always call
1: him. <laughs> Hi. It's, it's been... Well, it might not be too many uh, number-wise, but it's been... It's been I, f- I think it's been like a year. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's
0: been about on. a year. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's time for your, like, quarterly episode of Radio Trivia. So... <laughs> it's not quite that bad but it's getting it's getting close Um, but I got a good lineup I really like uh, some of the games I picked here Neil knows eh, about half of them I think
1: yeah and and I picked them because I mean I like I like music and games
0: that's good (laughs) in case you can't remember from last time uh, the way this works is we play three songs from a game your job is to figure out what that game is based on the music and between the second and third songs, we usually give you a, a kind of a trivia question that also doubles as kind of a hint, uh, sometimes, uh, and, and sometimes it doesn't. But it, it's okay. It's uh, it's intended to be something else to chew on if you figured out the game, and if you haven't figured out the game, it, it might it might tease at what the game actually is.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about having fun, listening to game music with friends. That's radio trivia to me.
0: Oh, so with that, uh, let's just uh, jump right into it. there
1: yeah pretty bouncy though
0: it starts off pretty distant and then it's like gets happy
1: yeah yeah it's it's like that yeah it's it's i mean that definitely seems like maybe a late game combat sequence where you know maybe there's some hope but but things are dark
0: and very moody music
1: yeah like almost an egyptian feel
0: okay so uh neil you want to read the question for us if you can read it i'm putting you on the spot
1: here now i got it the developer of this game also made a street pass game what is its name
0: didn't originally request this game first this was requested by james jones but neil also requested this so neil what game is this
1: this is ever oasis the uh the mid 2017 3ds release that everybody's probably gonna forget because it came out after the switch
0: i ain't playing that shit
1: (laughs) and that's and that's a shame because i think it's a really awesome game uh I, I think I, I wound up on the very, very positive end compared to a lot of people. I know I've heard some knocks against it, but for the most part, it's it's really cool seeing the developer Grezzo, who worked on Ocarina of Time 3D and Majora's Mask 3D, the, the Zelda remix, kind of take that know-how and make their own unique, weird thing where you have a town that you're trying to make better, and there's a lot of like positivity and fun with that as as you, like, you know... As you're out in the overworld, you're getting items and finding new characters that can go back to the town and kind of feed that loop. And the whole exploration outside of your town, and also building up like the the rank of your town and the amount of shops you can have, like every there, there's a nice feedback loop through all of that. And the combat is kind of this mixture of like like a little bit of Zelda, not quite not quite as deep as as Zelda, but I mean maybe on par with Ocarina of Majora's. And the exploration is pretty fun. Uh, there's a whole variety of characters that you can play as, uh, almost too many, maybe, because you kind of they get lost in the shuffle. But there's, you know, like tank characters. There's certain characters that can activate certain switches, which leads to a thing that people complain about a lot, and including uh, probably one of my least favorite elements of the game is that you will be out in the wild, and then you will come across a puzzle that requires a specific character, so you have to go back. To the town, which you can just like instantly warp back and then warp back to where you were. But it's still kind of annoying to be like, oh, okay, well, I could go this, get this thing, but I have to go back and, and get the guy that can roll up into a ball and then go into the secret room.
0: It just seems like it's, it's almost a filler, but just sort of wasting your time.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the, the game by itself, uh, I've spent a good 20 hours with it. I. I really, really enjoyed that game. I think the music is great. The, the artwork yeah.
0: and the music is beautiful. I mean, yeah. I played the uh, the demo for this, and I, I cannot knock either of those things. It uh, it has its own personality. It's very different from uh, the Zelda games in, in terms of kind of the just its general aesthetic. So... And it's pretty cool. And and the, the composer of this game is someone I, I hadn't heard of before, Sebastian Swartz. So, I mean, this is a Japanese game, but I guess they they tapped someone else uh, from outside Japan to do this, which is surprising, I, I thought.
1: Yeah, because I know, I think Grezzo, I, I, it sucks because I just had their Wikipedia page up, but I know that Grezzo, like the, the, I mean, the guy who directed this, Koichi Ishii, uh, he also directed Secret of Mana uh, back in the 90s. And did a lot of stuff for Square Enix until he escaped Square Enix in the mid-2000s and joined Grezzo. And I think a lot of the other people that make up the team are, I want to say, definitely some former Square people. There might be, like, maybe like a a Namco or something else. There might be some spillover in Grezzo there. But, I mean, they've been working with Nintendo for for pretty much their entire existence. They did that Line Attack Heroes game that, uh, I think... I know that we were at the E3 that that was on demo it never came. It was a WiiWare game that never came out in America but I do remember playing an E3 demo of it
0: they also made a Street Pass game which was the
1: yes, uh, that would that would be StreetPass Garden uh, from the first like, the first second, or I guess not the first wave, because the first wave would have been find me, but like that, when they had that when they first had brand new StreetPass games that you could go get, StreetPass Garden was one of them uh, and that's that's the one where you're, you know, planting stuff, and I think people can compla- complained about it because it was a little, uh, a little uh, punitive. Which that's basically all of the Street Pass games are like that. It, it was maybe in retrospect Nintendo experimenting with mobile games because that's kind of how they're structured.
0: I'll be really curious to see what the next game they make is if it's with Nintendo, because they, they've it's kind per- of they've I mean, tapped the well drive in terms of Zelda Remix. I hope so. Do they let them go and do something else, brand
1: new? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I, I, from what I've heard, and I, and I think it's, and I think it's unfortunate that Ever Oasis in its spot of coming out in June 2017, three months after the Switch, and like it came out the week after E3 to boot. Like yeah. Ever Oasis, Ever Oasis was playing from behind, but just, just from what I've heard, like, you know, I mean. Poking around to see what how things are doing, uh, Everways is bombed. So I don't think. I mean, even though I don't really think it's Grezzo's fault that it bombed, I don't think we're gonna see Grezzo working on original IP for a while. Uh, I mean, they, they seem to be pretty. Did it bomb in Japan good. as well? I think so. I think it just bombed across the board. Like from what I heard, I think Metopia Mi- and Hey Pikmin outsold it pretty handily. Um. Which I mean, those are also linked to IP, so that probably explains that. But, but yeah, I don't. If if I were a betting man, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went to uh went back to the Zelda remake. Well, although, it is like, wh- what are they doing? <laughs> I hope it's done on 3DS. Like maybe. Yeah,
0: I, I, I mean, just can't, wh- I just can't see them going and doing another remake. Um, they, that would have to be disheartening for them to just go back and do that.
1: Unless I mean, well, they cause the, the, there's still that like. I know that some of the like executive people from Link Between Worlds, um, I forget the director's name, but he—I don't think he's credited on Breath of the Wild, and I think there was stuff about how, um, you know, there is some like kind of 2D Zelda being worked on outside of Breath of the Wild.
0: Sure, I mean, it, but that doesn't mean it's a remake. I mean, they could be making a yeah. new music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gresik could be awesome. helping out
1: with that, but I guess I guess it's that. Um, I think Nintendo is still handling. I think like that Zelda team at Nintendo is still handling all of the main core Zelda stuff. So while Grezzo might be helping out with whatever the next Zelda game is, um, I don't think they'd be the lead developer on it. Like as far as things that they can even remake, I mean maybe like Four Swords Adventures could be something that you could bring back on Switch. I know they. I think they worked on the DSiWare Four Swords Anniversary Collection. So maybe, maybe. Maybe I mean that—that that sounds like a good game that you could bring the Switch if you were going to stay in the Zelda remake business. Yeah,
0: I would love to have a copy of that game that I could play because I—I I mean, this is really going off, off off the reservation here, but that's a terrible phrase. R- really <laughs> veering off course here, this, but um, the I bought that game for—I uh, think I bought the Japanese version of it, even though it came out like like a week later in the US than in uh, Japan. And the reason I did that was because I was right when they were presenting Four Swords Adventures at Game Developers Conference. And we had an inter- roundtable interview with, with uh, Eiji Onuma. So, so I for I, I pointed up the cash to buy an import version of that so I, I'd know more about the you game. Get the, before. you get the drop. Yeah. So, but of course, there's like there's like a level in there where it's like, you have to like pick up a rock and like a bush I don't, I don't remember but like basically you have to like pick up and it's random what like, order and so it's like I, I can't go back to that game because there's a level midway through that it was like just super painful to go through and I, I think I lost the save file so
1: um, I think I because I, I well actually I never bought a copy I now own one because when I was in college someone had like brought it over to my dorm room to play it and we played it and it was fun and then they left it, and then I never talked to that person again. Like, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like like we were enemies. It was just that, like, they brought it there, left it there, and then over the course of the school year, the person never came back to claim it, and then it just wound up going back home with me, and I was like, oh, okay, and then, like, I never talked to that guy again. So, <laughs> I, sorry if you're listening, guy whose copy of Four Swords Adventures I might have stolen.
0: Well, uh, given that... Um I think that's a very good. I don't know that Forgets what's working on, but I think that's going to happen on Switch. Given Pac-Man versus kind of reappear. Yeah. Um, the other problem with the the Link the uh, Four Swords Adventures, if you remember the game, the Game Boy Advance Link cable was kind of fidgety, and at least in the Japanese version of the game, if it got disconnected, it's like it, it went on like a timer, and if you didn't fix that within like I don't know it ten seconds, standard. it would just yeah. quit the game.
1: That actually so. I think it was around when Triforce Heroes came out, there was like a, a, a Nintendo community group near me, they're, uh, I think they're, I think their name is Ninja, it's like Nintendo New Jersey or something like that, but around when Triforce Heroes came out they had an event where they had a GameCube with uh, Four Swords Adventures and that was the first time I played it in a very long time and it was right after I played a bunch of Triforce Heroes and the thing that I like about Four Swords Adventures more than Triforce Heroes is that Triforce Heroes you all have to work together. Whereas Four Swords Adventures, you can all just kill each other. Yeah, and yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a very different dynamic. I like I like both of those games a lot. I think they're they're interesting co-op games. But Four Swords Adventures kind of brings out the the worst in people. And the best and There's Night something Wars. fun about that. Yeah,
0: yeah. It has kind of a Mario Party esque, yeah, thing. So it's not just mini game. It's a full, you know, one full game. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, ostensibly Ever Oasis, everyone. <laughs> um. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear it didn't sell well, but at the same time, I, I was part of the problem. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough with a lot of those 3DS games. Like, I, you know, Ever Oasis was one of the games that I did, you know, make sure I played through. But Hey Pikmin is a, is a game that, well, eh, I still ended up buying that, but I don't really know how much of Hey Pikmin I'm gonna play. I don't even dislike it. I got like two worlds through it. and I enjoyed it, but Switch has dominated what I play now, and 3DS is six years old.
0: Alright, we're gonna go on to the next game. I
1: have nothing to say. Yeah, no, neither do I. Nice song.
0: The upbeat feel of this episode thus far
1: <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm a sucker for uh, game music that feels like it shouldn't have lyrics that does have lyrics but
0: well, very few lyrics there. Yeah so here, here's your question, Neil. this game's final world introduces a mechanic heavily inspired from which bonus stage? all through the the house right now
1: (laughs) that uh this this game is is good at giving you that feeling except for when occasionally you just run into a wall because that's that's how i found some of the later zones in that game to be true true to form yeah yeah that made sense nice throwback
0: this is sonic mania um and uh, this is an example of uh, a game that I chose and then Neil also chose. So, uh, yeah. Um, I, I Part of why I invited Neil on was because I had some songs I thought he'd be able to figure out for games, and I asked him what he wanted, uh, <laughs> you know, and he basically chose the same lineup. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, I chose the right guy for to the, for the co-host this with me, but that kind of backfired now, because now I can't play along <laughs> and, and get the questions right.
1: Well, I actually... I, I will say the question for this. I've, I have no idea. So so what happened was when Sonic Mania came out, I got it. And, you know, outside of my, my aforementioned... Uh, some of the later zones just got more frustrating than fun for me. Like, I love... Like, the first four zones in Sonic Mania are fantastic. But I was probably... I think I had like two or three zones left, and then my Switch died. So I had to send it to Nintendo and I lost all my save data. Um, by the time I got it, like, I got it back probably beginning of September. Like, it was basically like the, the Friday that Sonic made it. Like, you know, like August 19th or whatever was when it died, and then I had it back in working order um, right by the end of the month. But I have not gone back through and got up to where I was in Sonic Mania. I got like halfway through it, but then I got to the stage I didn't like and kind of stopped it. So I have not, I have not finished this game.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Honestly, I mean, I'm a pretty big fan of the, of this game. Um, I'm not like an Uber fan in that, you know, I I didn't really follow it. It was one of those things that I was kind of kept an eye on and I really liked the demo at E3. Uh, I actually took a picture. there, There was a poster, um, Oh no! It wasn't the poster. They had like two screens up, you know, or two. Um, oh God, what am I trying to say? Uh, they, they, yeah, well, they had two posters, or maybe on the same like big TV screen, they had you know promoting both Sonic games that they had there. And, and I, you know, and I said like upstage left on, on my little tweet because the the lower budget <laughs> uh, Sonic Mania was clearly the better game, <laughs> at least in my eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, not not to totally trash Sonic horses i think that's
1: the name of yeah yeah that's out that's out in less than a month um i'm i i'll I'll always be optimistic with sonic games but i'm i can't like because with the 2d games like i was i was a genesis kid before i got as into nintendo as i now am and i kind of enjoyed sonic adventure one and two like i beat them both i don't think they're amazing but they're both fun and i and i kind of like i would like sonic games to be good I'm not rooting for them to be bad. I can't say I've really, outside of Sonic Mania, I can't say I've like really enjoyed one in the past decade. But
0: yeah, you know, everyone was like really big on Sonic Generations. I finally got it, and it's okay.
1: I think I played a demo for that at some point, and just never cared enough to go further.
0: Yeah, I just didn't have the right feel to me. So Sonic Mania definitely bottles that old school feel for the Genesis games. Yeah. It, almost to a fault. I mean, it, it's fine because like we haven't had a game like this in a while, but there are certain things that... I, I, I don't know if they're like emulating the same like flaws that you would find in the original game or if they're reusing portions of the original code base or, or let, but like, there are certain things. Like there, there is a stage where you're on the biplane from Sonic 2 Sky Chase, and you can spin dash, and at least one time it happened where I fell off the plane.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, that, that and, was that was that's the first. And totally a Sonic fr- 2 thing. Yeah, that was the first area that I was like, oh, this, this, like I was having so much fun, and I got to the biplane stage, and I'm like, no, now why are you still doing this?
0: Yeah, and and then there was like later on, there's there's a. I was never a fan of Oil Ocean, but, and I, I'm I, I, I kind of disagree with some of the game, some of the zones they chose. To reprise, just they aren't the ones that resonate with me.
1: I won't lie, Oil Ocean, like I I have affection for that stage, seventy percent because I love that music like the oil ocean music when I fit fa- I mean like, I like of course the there's like there's there's classic sonic music but as far as like if I think about like what's my favorite sonic music oil ocean comes to mind right away like now oil ocean is playing in my head as we're having this conversation and I'm like oh it's so good I, I like know. there's I, it's a very frustrating late stage level it and is a I very mean,
0: frustrating and, and yeah. the boss on that I, I think I hated the boss that it was based on like in Sonic 2 yeah, and it's like that's like one of the few bosses that I just kept dying on in this game. And it, it's mostly was just
1: that of, like the like snake
0: in the water. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. There's this weird thing this where like if, if you jump into the oil, you have a chance to jump out and, and recover. Yeah. But there's this section of the, the boss pattern where like the platform goes down really quickly. And if you're on that platform you fall down as quickly as that platform, which is yep. faster than you would actually normally fall. And so if you jump and you're landing as that thing's going down you're screwed you're just it's to death yeah and and so there are things like that that are just like the, the kind of the sonic jank factor that I, I i can only assume they intended to reproduce that um I, i'm not sure that was a good decision from a pure design standpoint but I, yeah. I i have to think that that was intentional in, in some dumbass way and there's some other things where you can get caught on i got caught on the architecture in one place and got stuck which is also something that happened to me once or twice playing Sonic 3. So again, I don't know how much of this is them reusing code base or, or emulating things and how much of it's like them intentionally rebuilding some of that or how much of it just because of the way the Sonic physics work it just it tends to happen. I, I don't I don't know what it is, but there are certain things about this game that that just frustrate me. Like, oh yeah, it's frustrating me just like the original games. But just the, the, the style, the, some of the creativity, and, and the, the passion that went into this project. I mean, it's it's yeah. super impressive.
1: Yeah, I might I might not totally adore it, but I'm very happy it exists. Um, I, I give it and, a solid I, 8, or, or like yeah, 8.5. Yeah, uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably agree with that.
0: Um, I mean, ten, 10 for effort and style and for, for doing something that people yeah. wanted for a long time, but I, I disagree with some of the execution choices, so you know not a perfect score for, for me <laughs> but uh, a very fun game I don't regret buying it definitely worth 20 bucks um,
1: I would I would like them to make Sonic Mania 2 yeah I'd, cool. I'd
0: love to or or you know maybe I'll just go the DLC route and you yep. know add more levels which would be just fine by me a mixture of uh, you know new and retro stages kind of like Mario Kart 8 I mean I think that would work really well in this game yeah um, so you know, they might be thinking of doing that. I, I'm sure it sold well enough. Um, so, so to answer the question, the last stage is um, it it borrows like the big new mechanic. I mean, there's a couple of them, but the one I'm thinking of in this question is that you remember like Sonic and Knuckles, where like the special stage where you could you were kind of orbiting around these electrical fields and you had to jump higher and higher. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so that's a big part of the the mechanic introduced in the last oh. stage so um that's the answer i guess it's called the glowing spheres stage as opposed to blue spheres it's glowing spheres i don't know if that's an <laughs> official name or just what kind of the fans have dubbed it but uh that's uh that's what i was going for there anyway so I mean, it's a lot of fun i really liked it um Nichols still kind of sucks to play as sorry guys but uh,
1: I agree. I do like that there's a Knuckles and Knuckles mode. That you I can, almost used that as,
0: as the question, but it was going to be too much of a... <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> yes, you can play as Knuckles and Knuckles or Tails and Knuckles. Uh, I like the special stage. It, it It's kind of... I feel like it's a little bit weirdly balanced in that some of the stages yeah. are really easy, some of them are hard. Yep. But um, I, I like the mechanics. I, I almost feel like they could expand on that and make that its own game or or a DLC thing, because... Seems like you could. It's it's somewhere between Sonic CDs bonus stage and Sonic R.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is that like that just feels like a bonus stage that would have been in like a Genesis Sonic game, and that's what makes it so cool.
0: Yeah, no, they they definitely play with people's familiarity, but twist it up enough to to really make it interesting. Uh, If I had to give the edge to. Sonic Mania versus another recent good Sonic game, which is uh, Freedom Planet. I'd, I'd have to give it to Freedom Planet. I feel like overall it's a it's a better package in terms of just from a pure gameplay standpoint. But um, Sonic Mania is still really good.
1: Yeah, I, I need to play Freedom Planet. I, I have it on I own it on Wii U because uh, I think it was discounted at some point. But I I've never played it. It's definitely worth playing. The, the characters yeah.
0: feel more different, um, and. Um, and the bosses are just a lot better. I mean, not, not that Sonic Mania's bosses are crap.
1: I think Sonic Mania's bosses uh, vary from really cool to infuriatingly terrible.
0: A lot of times the concept's better than the execution. Like, there's a really cool idea there, but yeah. it's like, oh, it's already over. Um, yeah, so so anyway, check out Sonic Mania. If you really like that and you do not check out <laughs> Freedom Planets, um, check that game out. If you don't mind dusting off your Wii U or another platform you can play it on, like a PC. Because um, I, I think that does a lot of good. And I don't know that there's any overlap between the two teams, but they're, both of their hearts are in the same place.
1: Yeah, I think they're both... I mean, I think they're both from like, the Sonic fan game community. Um, but other than that, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's... I don't think it's like the same people doing that. I think it's separate people, but they probably all know each other.
0: Oh, also, I'll note that I did avoid the temptation to just use three songs that were remakes of songs from other <laughs> did, Sonic I games. I didn't notice that. Uh, I, I figured I'd, I'd give the spotlight to, to T. Lopez, the composer, because there's a lot of good new music, too.
1: And, yeah. Uh, yeah. he was. He's, he's fantastic. You
0: know, I, I didn't feel like trolling the listeners that much, you know? But,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. So, enjoy. I'm sure there's plenty of classic Sonic music in the background of, as we were talking over this. So, because I'm going to edit this. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. All right, next game, which is a listener request. And if you have your own listener requests, you can email me at typ at report, or you can use the form linked on every episode. So, yes, I do still accept requests.
1: I like it. It sounds sounds familiar, but I can't put a finger on it yet. That means I probably recommended it to you. I don't know. <laughs> That was a little more uplifting.
0: Neil, I have a question for you.
1: Alright, lay it on me.
0: This video game's development was the impetus for what intellectual property acquisition?
1: Okay, I know it.
0: such uplifting music. <laughs> like I said, this episode's just full of energy. Uh, Neil, what game is this?
1: Uh, this is Epic Mickey. I would assume the first one, since the question... The, I, and it, it does make me feel better about after the first two songs, I was like, I've heard this music before, I cannot for the life of me put where it was, and that's because I haven't really played or thought that hard of Epic Mickey in a good six years. So...
0: Yep, this was requested uh, a few years ago by uh, Eric from Garland, Texas. I could have sworn I used this game, but I I guess I didn't. My records don't show it. I I think maybe what happened is I had put it in the playlist a couple of times and taken it back out due to other game requests or or something from the co-host. But, damn it, we finally used it. And uh, it's a weird game. I mean, I I, I only played a few segments of it at a demo event or two, but it, it... I don't know i mean it, it's a very moody mickey game
1: um yeah I, I i think and i was actually i was talking to someone recently about this because it was just it, it was I was talking to someone who was like oh yeah i remember hearing about that game and then never followed up on it and i just basically laid it out to him but like epic mickey and and its sequel uh, although i think the sequel has has bigger issues i i played the sequel on wii u and that was a technical mess so that that didn't help it at all but that, that original on Wii was a game that I really enjoyed, but it just felt like there were so many compromises along the way. And I I think we both, uh, over the course of Epic Mickey and Epic Mickey's 2 development, we both got to interview uh, director Warren Spector. For me, I think I interviewed, I think I was either at events or interviewed Warren Spector from Epic Mickey to post-Epic Mickey, I think at least four times. Yeah, because I, I we think, ha- we I have think that...
0: one time I was with you, we were just interviewing him kind of yeah. in a corner of, of E3 Light somewhere, and yeah, just, he was, was just talking was about his, you know, because he was doing... He was um, doing
1: like a, a college uh, class or something, yeah. but we got a random email, and it was just like, yeah, I want to talk to Warren Spector about video games. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, come on, it wasn't just a class. I think he was leading yeah. a, a, a video game program at, yeah. at a college, but... Um, yeah. At a university, I, I should say. But, uh, yeah, he, he's always an interesting guy to, to, to talk yep. with. And I, I feel like Warren... Has great ideas and is really great at creating scenarios for games and, and kind of meta stuff. But these actual games themselves, it's like our, the game mechanic part of it is never quite right.
1: Yeah, like I think at its heart, Epic Mickey is a really cool game. It's just in the execution, I think it it kind of falls apart. And I think the, like the aesthetics, of that world, it's all really cool. It's just that then it just kind of gets to like I feel like the painting mechanic in that never fully developed and it, it like it kind of felt like a game that was unfinished to a degree um, yeah i might i might have a review I, I think i reviewed it i don't know it was a long time ago <laughs> but i know i played through the first epic mickey i did not finish the second one uh, the second one had like a musical element to it that was pretty cool but the first one was the one that i have more memories of and also it's i like disneyland a lot and it was modeled after old disneyland which actually well I have never been to California Disneyland. I've only been to Disney World. So it was kind of weird seeing something modeled after Disneyland when my only experience was with World. But I still have a soft spot for the Disney stuff.
0: Well, uh, I'll let you on a not so little, not so secret. (laughs) I got to go to Disneyland for this game as part of its promotional uh, thing. That's that's where I, I don't know if I actually interviewed him as part of that. It was just sort of. Like all the press came there, and and the, you know we played the game for a couple of hours, and we went on a couple of rides with Warren Spector, and and uh, it, it was a pretty cool thing. I, I think I did a big write up uh, about it on, on the website several years ago, so you can you can find that in the archives. But yeah, um, yeah it, it was kind of weird to like play the level that's based sort of on Pirates of the Caribbean, and then okay, now we're gonna walk down the street and one Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> I don't know it was kind of it was, it was a very clever yeah. cross promotional uh, thing right because people also you know took pictures of Disneyland they' like you know they it was a clever marketing gimmick um, and hey I, I got free ticket to Disneyland sort of
1: yeah I mean I got I got to go to Disney World for epic Mickey 2 um, Mike Glen's got to go into club 33 for epic Mickey 2 which I think might have been the last thing that Mike Sklans ever did for the site, but I think he still owes me for life for letting him go to Club 33.
0: Uh, I think I got to go to Walt's uh, apartment as part of that thing.
1: Yeah. Which, I'd, yeah I'd, I'm uh, not a
0: huge Disney person, but I mean, that's a big deal. How many people get to, to,
1: to see I that. played a demo of the 3DS Epic Mickey game inside of the ball at Epcot, which is which is <laughs> neat. <laughs> Cause you can like uh, look out in the windows and you're like, this is this is kind of surreal. We're
0: all biased. <laughs> Compromise our integrity's been compromised, Neil.
1: I mean, I kind of slammed that 3DS game. <laughs> so, I was I was real hyped for that 3DS game coming out of that event, and then the final game was was kind of disappointing. I miss I miss that developer. Not to not to go on a complete tangent from this, but uh, Dream Rift, the same people who did Henry Hatsworth and Monster Tail. Um, they were supposed to do a Monster Tail, like Monster Tail Unlimited on 3DS um, and that was like two years ago I occasionally reach out to them being like hey, what happened to that Monster Tail game? <laughs> like, are you guys okay? I like your games a lot, you were really nice when I've talked to you before uh, but I, I haven't heard anything on that I-
0: I- I'm one of very few people that probably have played Monster Tail. I think it was because I got like a preview copy of the game or something
1: yeah yeah, I think that was one that I think that might have been one of like the few DS games where we got like the prototype cart or whatever. Yeah, like the... That that
0: sounds about right. That, that game was pretty good. I mean, it, it had issues yeah. mostly in terms of a lot of backtracking and, and, and elegantly, but it was still a pretty cool game.
1: If memory serves, when they were they because they were going to bring they were it was basically going to be like an. Uh, you know, uh, an updated version of Monster Tail on 3DS eShop. Uh, they were—it looked like they were basically going to fix everything that I had an issue with in, in Monster oh, Tail.
0: Yeah, that would have been good. Because yeah. the core game was was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, like a really like the Tamagotchi, Metroidvania mixture. Like I, I just I like a lot of those concepts, and I mean they did the same thing with Hatsworth too, where it was, you know, match three puzzle game with like Mega Man gameplay.
0: Yeah, the match three part killed me. I I, I couldn't play that game. <laughs> uh, anyway i don't think we ever technically answered the question which is i don't believe we did <laughs> uh that they acquired the rights to oswald the lucky rabbit which i think was kind of on on the like disney to-do list for forever and this game kind of pushed them over the edge to make a deal with Universal
1: well and the, the crazy thing is that the deal I believe um I don't know if this was straight up what it was it was basically so Universal owned Oswald the Lucky Rabbit so ABC at the time uh, the uh, broadcaster Al Michaels was doing was, was calling football games for ABC owned by Disney uh, now Al Michaels uh, broadcasts uh, calls, calls football games for NBC for he was traded for a cartoon character I, I don't know the exact terms of the deal, but that was basically what happened, was they traded Al Michaels for Oswald the Lucky Rabbit.
0: See, Nintendo, you can get the rights to Donkey Kong.
1: Yeah, yeah, just just trade, um, I don't know, the dude who was the commentator for Nintendo World Championships, he was, he was good, I guess.
0: Okay, well, uh, wow, it's already over an hour. Um, okay, so, uh... Thank you for that request. And the next game's also a listener request. Ooh. We're back to a happy place. music played and we have a question for you
1: good because I'm, I'm, I'm very relaxed now but I've no idea what this game is
0: okay so which character has been described by the game's producer as intentionally selfish and annoying hmm Toy Sakuraba works in this game, if you didn't figure that one out. Oh. Because that was some Noitoy Sakuraba ass Motoi Sakuraba.
1: That's the uh, that's the Camelot guy, right? Or no?
0: Well, more than just that.
1: Okay. Um there was, the, the last song was making me think JRPG. Um Is it is it Golden Sun? No, it's Mario Power Tennis.
0: Well, it could be. I mean, from that last song, really? could have been Mario. It's not. No. Yeah, yeah, that's what I- is. I'm, I'm the, bullshitting the, the, the... you. I- I'm totally bullshitting you. Okay. Although that last song totally sounds like Mario Power Tennis. Uh, no, th- this is Tales of the Abyss for 3DS.
1: Am I, I? I don't. I don't think I know. Sakuraba. What, what else has he done?
0: Well, <laughs> the, the first <laughs> Uh, well, you I did all, all the Mario I... Golf and Tennis.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So, and, and so tennis I tennis wasn't off tennis. with my no, he no. works with Camelot. No, absolutely okay, good. not. No. Oh, and he has done Golden Sun. All right. No, no. Now I don't feel dumb. No, you don't. No. Um, <laughs> but I, I did. I did. Yeah, Tales of the Abyss was the the three the PS2 game that ported to 3DS. Yep. Early in yep. the systems like. Yep. So it, it's. Um, I mean, it's a Tales
0: game. It. it I mean, I, the three songs I picked, I, I picked in part because I, I felt like they all invoked different other games I've played. The first song sounded like something out of Baten Kaitos, which again, Motosaguro, have work on that. The second one is a *Tails* ass Tales game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that sounded very much like a Tales of Symphonia song.
1: Knowing that it's a *Tails* game, like, that's, the, the second song makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the third one is, well, just a battle song of some kind. I think it was a medley yeah. that inclu- included a reprise of uh, older games music, so I, I figured it might help. Um, some of the listeners out there. Um, so Tales of the Abyss, right, it's, it's a Tales game, came out on PS2, was ported to 3DS. Uh, I think it was fairly favorably reviewed. I, I feel like I have a, a mixed feelings about the Tales games because I really liked the the first one I played for... Um, Symphonia. Yeah, Tales of Symphonia, and, and this one seems like it's really trying to go for more of that. But um, the other Tales games I played, I was like it was more of the same kind of a thing. So I, was
1: like, I I feel the exact same way. So I got um, I got Tales of the Abyss. Uh, I don't think I got it right at launch, but soon after, and I got a couple hours into it, and then realized I don't think I ever want to play a Tales game ever again, and then never went back to it. I didn't it, like. It's not that I aggressively hated it. It's just that I realized like I really enjoyed Symphonia. I don't have an urge to spend you know fifty plus hours playing a Tales game. Yeah, Tales
0: games are really long, and yeah, they seem to be fairly close to each other. I mean, even Tales of Funny is very close to the Super Nintendo game that was ported of the GBA, which I, I did play through that. Um, is that Fantasia? Tales that of Fantasia, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 at this point, I think I played three of them, and uh, by the time I was playing... The third one, I, I was just sort of pissed at the game and the format, and how much re- it literally retread the same ground. I mean, it was the sequel to yeah. Tales of Symphonia; it literally was retreading the same ground in in more ways than one. So
1: yeah, like I was tempted, I was tempted to relive the glory days when they had the Tales of Symphonia like two pack on PS3 or whatever, but I held off that urge because I think I would have had the same feeling where it was like I got a little bit into it and was like. I oh, know, like I like this game, but I don't want to play it again.
0: Yeah. So my recommendation, if you've never played a Tales game, pick one that's favorably reviewed, that's in a convenient format, and and, and check it out because there's goodness there. Yeah. Unless you really, really love Tales games, you've played one, and you want to play another one, then go for it. But it, it, if it didn't really speak to you, you're you're gonna just find more from the same well. Um, so it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, everyone, you know, like, same could be said of Pokemon. Right? That's kind of how I feel yeah. about Pokemon. So it is sort of if it's your thing, then yeah, go for it. Play it. You know, it seems to be a fairly well-regarded Tales game, but it's a Tales game. The end. So yeah,
1: uh, yeah the last the last Tales game. Curved, uh, there was Tales of Zestiria and Berseria that I think are somewhat related. Uh, none of them are on Nintendo platforms as far as I think they're all yeah PS3, PS4, and PS8. So, if you're curious about more recent Tales games, uh, I would imagine if the Switch keeps on going the way it's going, um, I would assume that team is working on more Tales games. Because Berseria came out in 2016, uh, that uh, it would probably come to Switch, and whenever, whenever that happens.
0: Well, the answer to the question is is really the main character Luke von Fabre, which uh, apparently was intentionally, you know, a character that was supposed to be disliked, and people were to. Invili- love him as he grows, you know. One of those characters, but, uh, I wouldn't know. I haven't played the game.
1: Yeah, no, think, thinking back to my first couple of hours, it's part of the reason why I dropped it, is that it was really annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have to wonder if that backfired with a lot of people. I, mean, I think yeah. they knew. I mean, I, I was reading a little bit on Wikipedia, so my place like, they kind of knew they were taking a risk of that, um, but they felt it was worth it for the long game, but yeah. I, I have to wonder if players agree. Um... Okay, one last game here. It's it's getting late, so let's let's just keep it on. Rolling. All right.
1: I knew what this was immediately.
0: Good. (laughs) Uh, And I'll elaborate on that later. Here's your hint question. Which Nintendo World Report staffer made a commercial for this game? <laughs>
1: that's it yeah that's uh that's might be a contender for game of the year 2017
0: <sighs> I'm not <laughs> going for it um this is Star Fox 2 released for the Super Nintendo Classic Edition which yes it's yeah. a different platform as far as I'm concerned
1: yep yeah it's it's you know in our, in our database we now have a, a jerry-rigged classic profile <laughs> Uh, to, to handle such weird cases um, if Nintendo, like, brings out X or Lunar Chase or whatever on Game Boy. If they ever do a Game Boy Classic, way so we have that, that handled. But, uh... Yeah, Star Fox 2 is, is a new game in 2017, despite being finished and seemingly completely ready for release in 1996.
0: Which, uh, that's a good thing, because uh, I think technically the music was not that I played is not from the final finished published game, so... Hopefully there are no differences there. Um, I, I wouldn't imagine there are. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this is uh, obviously the the new game that's bundled in these SNES Classic, which uh, I don't own yet. I uh, probably could have looked for it
1: today, but I yeah, I heard I, I heard some word that like I think GameStops and Targets got some in stock this week. I, I
0: thought about driving I, by, but I, I that wasn't up to it. You can tell how yeah, much like, I really want this thing. I, I kind of want it, but eh. Like, I, I'd like I to have, have it eventually, kind of a thing.
1: I have reasonable faith, um, and and it, this, uh, my belief in this has been trying over the past couple months. Uh, we're here about we're we're uh, two weeks after the Super Nintendo Classic came out. Um, I think it's still going to be hard to find for most of October, but I think by the time we get to November, December, and and beyond, because it actually is going to be made through uh, the next year at least. There's no end date, but it's not just 2017. I think it's going to get progressively easier to find, it's like kind of how how Switches since launch went from being like if you didn't get it on launch date was kind of hard to find to after a few months like I think probably Mario Kart uh, Arms when they were out if you wanted to buy a Switch you would just have to you know call up some places find out when they came in and then you could get one pretty easily um, and now I, I think anecdotally Switches are pretty easy to find, but. That'll probably change as uh, when Mario Odyssey comes out. But Star Fox 2, Star Fox 2 is really weird. Uh, that's I feel like a broken record because whenever anybody has asked me how Star Fox 2, because I, I got it a, a few days early so we could work on you know coverage for the Super Nintendo Classic and reviewing Star Fox 2 in 2017, um, people asking me how Star Fox 2, I'd just be like, well, it's, it's very weird. I don't know, uh, because, my,
0: my picture of it is if you took Star Fox Command, parts of Star Fox 64 and Star Fox Zero, and made a demake, kind of like they make demakes of like new games that come out these days, as like promotional things, that's what you would get, yeah. is Star Fox 2. But
1: but the weird thing is that it's better than all of those games. <laughs> like, you don't have Star... Okay, so like Star Fox Command, um, it's been a while since I've played Star Fox Command, but for my memory of that, that was very... It was like focused skirmishes... And it was a lot more, like, moving the pieces on the map as opposed to, like, longer levels. Uh, like, those elements of, you know, you have you have two ships that you're going around with, they, they move in the same... Like, you basically pick two pilots to start, and you have one active at a time, but you can switch whenever you're out and about. Um, and, like, you know, Fox and Falco are pretty much the same, they're, like, average, and then uh, Peppy and peppy and slippy are both a little more defensive and then the two new characters Fei and miyu are a little faster and and like they have a better charge shot um but they have they have low health uh so you pick your two guys and you're going around the map uh and you have those little skirmishes that are reminiscent of what's in command or the other way around because Star Fox 2 was made before uh but then there are there are also what are pretty close to like full levels and like they're kind of because it's all in 3D, some of those things, because you're using the walker as well, almost feel like prototype, like, 3D Zelda dungeons to an extent. Not, not that they're very complex, but it is like... You're in this overworld area, and you have to, like, hit some switches, and then you'll unlock, like, a base that you go into, and then that base will be a couple rooms where you might need to solve a puzzle to get a key to unlock a door, and then you fight a boss at the end. Um, and there there's secret power-ups in there, too, and it's, I mean, it is it was made in a world where, you know, 3D action adventure games weren't really a thing, and it's...
0: Big whoop, I played X... Yeah. <laughs> In Japanese, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but yeah, that—that—I that, mean, like, if you want to take the prototype of that and take it further back, yeah, check out X.
1: Yeah, X, what a monstrosity X, that is. X is my pick for if they ever do a Game Boy Classic Mini or whatever. Just—just um, just make it so they just keep on bringing uh, Dylan Cuthbert games out for the first time <laughs> on all these—these <laughs> these minis. But—but but yeah, but, but like, the really weird thing about Star Fox Two is that. It does everything really well in in a unique way that all of the games that come out after it kind of don't do, or only do, like, half-steps. Like, Command... Command's like Star Fox 2, but it just has certain elements from Star Fox 2. There's even, like, in Star Fox Assault, um, I don't know how exactly this influence might have gotten there, because it's not like, you know, Argonaut worked on Assault. It was was made by Namco. Uh, but that has a lot of stuff where you're going down to the ground, and you have to hit switches to unlock bases and stuff like that, which is, like, half of the gameplay in Star Fox 2. Uh, and Zero, like, it's, it's, it was weird playing Star Fox 2 after playing Zero, because it's like Zero just has all these callbacks to stuff that happens in Star Fox 2. Uh, but I still think that Star Fox 2 is a better game than Star Fox Zero, and I, it's, it's not like a slam-dunk answer here, but the more time that passes since I you know played a bunch of Star Fox 2... I think it might be my favorite entry in the series. It's, it's not, like, by a, by a high margin. Like, I, I love that original Super Nintendo game. Star Fox 64 is great. But there's something about Star Fox 2, which is kind of, like, what I've been wanting out of the series since 64. It's something different. It's not just Star Fox 64 remade, which I feel like most of the Star Fox games have been.
0: Well, they, they are, and then they feel like they have to do something different, so they do something crappy instead. Yeah. Um... I, I guess I, I guess I if I got the SNES classic Star Fox and obviously Star Fox Two, those are the games I probably know the least that are the most interesting to me. I never owned Star Fox. I, I think I played through it once on a crappy emulator. Um, so there's a lot for me to explore there. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Star Fox Two never. The description of it and the people who are talking about it never never made me say, "Oh yeah, I got to play that game."
1: But it's, it's the kind of thing that, like, if you get a Super Nintendo Classic, like, check it out. Like, it's 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 totally worth just and and the way that game is too is that there's there's a normal mode that's basically like that difficulty mode is essentially easy. Uh, you can you. I, I went into that, um, my friend. Because you have to beat the first level of Super Nintendo Star Fox to unlock Star Fox 2. And I was horrible. It had been a long time since I played Super Nintendo Star Fox. Like, I was not playing well. It took me a while to kind of readjust to the janky old 3D controls, uh, you know, using a D pad. So, even, even kind of flailing through Star Fox 2, I beat the game on the normal mode in a half an hour. Uh,. And then that game gets just way more complex as you get into hard and then expert, which I still haven't beaten expert. I've beaten hard a couple times and it's, it's really challenging. But even if you just, even if you, you go through it and you're like, okay, like that was, that was, that was kind of weird, but okay. Uh, normal mode's worth going through. Although I would say that the game kind of opens up a lot more and becomes a lot more interesting when you get to hard.
0: Cool. Well, uh, sorry to cut you off Neil, but it, it is getting late and, uh, and, Baby needs his beauty rest. So, <laughs> um, Neil, anything you'd like to plug uh, before we leave?
1: Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll ju- I guess I'll just do the normal plugs. Um, if you're listening to this, we have a we have a lot of other podcasts at com as well. There's um, <laughs> Radio Free Nintendo, Talk Nintendo, Connectivity. Um, I think that might be it. And then and then of course Radio Trivia, which you're listening to right now. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash NWR, uh, that does a lot to help us not have to worry about ads as much. Although we do have a new ad provider that shouldn't give you crappy ads that redirect you to the app store when you're on your phone. Um, which i'm Which I'm thrilled about. So far I haven't heard any complaints. So if they do crop up, uh, feel free to bother me on Twitter or whatever. At at and 10 on that, I, I um, assure and you, all, all.
0: we do not like that. It is not our intent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like yeah, we we want the ads to make money, but also we don't have to worry about that as much because of the Patreon. So support us on Patreon if you like what we do and want us to keep doing it because we're all doing it for funsies. Uh, yep. Lastly, if, we have if, the if you, if, you like cha- John,
0: if you like John Reardon and his and his wacky commercial,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, that was uh, the answer to the hint question. We forgot and to that answer. Is, that is that is that is on our YouTube channel, yeah. Nintendo World of War TV, that, that which is great. I think. Yeah, uh, so, fun, fun, funny story about that YouTube commercial. Well, one, uh, when John put it up, like, I saw that and was blown away, so I tweeted at Dylan Cuthbert, so Dylan Cuthbert has seen that commercial. <laughs> also, um, I think a day or two after he made that commercial, uh, it was, you know, me, me, Jared, Justin, and Casey, we were all up at, uh, it was a post-E3 Nintendo event up in New York City, um, and... Like we were seeing what they had at E3, and then they kind of had like a surprise. They it, it wasn't wasn't playable, but they had like a model of the Super Nintendo Classic in the box that we could take pictures of and stuff. Yeah. Um, and when they brought that out, I was like, all right. Like one of the guys on our site made this video, so we showed you know some people from from the Treehouse at Nintendo PR the the commercial as well, and they all seemed to enjoy it. So. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, I don't know how deep that commercial made it, but it's, I mean, it's a masterpiece, it really is, John John turns out fantastic things if you, if you want to see more awesome John work outside of that commercial, the Wii eulogy that he made for, for our PAX East panel, um, is like, I, I had this dumb idea to do a Wii U memorial video to the song We Will Remember You, um, I think it's like Sarah McLachlan or something but i had this vision of this and i just told him that and then he made this amazing video that like just makes me like want to cry and laugh um because it is also like oh look at the wii u and you know he's got some gut punching and wada moments in there because you know r.i.p.i wada uh, Wada as well uh but but yeah so check those two things out we have a lot of other you know gameplay video video reviews all that stuff
0: Cool. Well, thank you, Neil, for co-hosting and staying up late with me.
1: Yeah, anytime.
0: And uh, until next time, which might might be the telethon, I have not submitted my telethon write up yet to the powers that be. That probably should.
1: And it might be. It might be hard to be that I'm one of the powers that be. <laughs> <laughs> you, I might deny you. You now. could.
0: You might. I don't know. You might not have time for it these days.
1: That we always have time for radio trivia why do you think I'm here right now
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay well with that uh, good night everybody good night River Oasis is copyright 2017, Nintendo Gretzo. Sonic Mania is copyright 2017, Sega. Disney Epic Mickey is copyright 2010, Disney Interactive Games, Junction Point Studios. Tales of the Abyss is copyright 2012, Namco Bandai. Star Fox 2 is copyright 1996, 2017, Nintendo.